Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined to break down day number two of training camp, but day number one of actual action at training camp because yesterday was just check-in day by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, were you happy to watch actual football plays today? I mean, uh, happy is a relative term here. Uh, it was good to have football back. Uh, I think I've been uh, pretty open about my disdain for, for training camp. It, w- it was good to, to have some of it. But again, for mo- the most part, training camp is actually kind of boring. There's only little parts there. So I'm, I'm really, I w- wish we could just fast forward to training camp and just get right to the season already. Although I do have to say I am absolutely madly in love with Adam Case, and uh, he's uh, I'm under risk of possibly getting some type of sexual harassment charge and planting a big kiss on his on his face for uh, moving practice times up to eight twenty five in the morning. So we avoid the heat and we're out of there and done by like twelve one o'clock. So I can actually do something with the rest of my day. So uh, that I I am forever a fan of his just for that alone. I'm glad that you explained that because that was going to be my next question. What exactly it was that Adam Gase did to make you fall madly in love with him. But that makes plenty of sense, Chris, especially with the way this summer has been going with how hot it's gotten later in the afternoon. So I totally understand your new love and devotion to Adam Gase, but we're going to have to see if he earns that this season by doing a good job with the players on the field and helping to turn this team from a 4-12 and team last year to hopefully a significant improvement this year. And one thing that will certainly help his chances of doing that is the number 3 overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft signing his contract, which finally happened today. Quinn and Williams ends his mini holdout here and signs his contract. He will report to practice tomorrow. Chris, I'm going to let you get into the details in a second, but I know a lot of people were ribbing me about this. In no way was I ever upset or concerned about this. I don't know why people said, I could hear it in your voice on the podcast. (laughs) I know it was mostly jokes, but Chris and I talked about this yesterday. This is just the way these things go. We knew it wasn't going to last very long and he would be here. And it's not like Sam Darnold where you have a quarterback coming in and he has to learn all these plays and all this stuff with the offense because he's going to be the center of attention. As Chris said to me before we started recording, Quentin Williams realistically could have held out for weeks and still wound up in the starting lineup week one. It's a very different story. But it is nice that he signed and I'm glad that that's over with. Like I said, I really wasn't bothered by this, despite the fact that people were kind of trolling me about it on Twitter. But Chris, it is signed. He is now officially a New York Jet. So talk to me about the specifics of this. What was holding the deal up? And now that it's done, what exactly are the details of everything? All right. So the holdup was that about the signing bonus and the payment of the signing bonus. Not obviously how much of the signing bonus because he was going to get $21.7 million signing bonus no matter what. The holdup was Quinn and Williams wanted uh, all of it and uh, the Jets didn't want to defer some of the payment until next year. Uh, they ended up reaching some sort of compromise where Quinn and Williams get 75% of the signing bonus up front with 25% deferred to next year. And, you know, everyone sitting here saying, you know, it's completely silly for the Jets to make a big deal about this. And I agree. 
No team should be making a big deal about that. This is a billion-dollar industry we're talking about. All the owners here are billionaires. It shouldn't matter. They should be willing to just pay it. But also, on the other side of it, it it seems a little silly on the players' side, to to be honest, because $21.7 million, 75% of that, we're talking, uh, you know, over $15 million. Uh, If someone's going to give me $21.7 million and say, well, we're only going to give you like 15, 16 this year and we'll give you the rest next year, I'm going to be good with that. So to make a big deal about that uh, from either side, it's both silly. I'm sure there's some type of reason that I'm missing uh, for both of them to dig their heels in and to, to fight for that. Uh, I'm not really interested in looking into what that reason is because it's just going to come up again. And it, it, again, like you just said, it doesn't matter. These deals always end up getting done. The players never end up missing, like, you know, the actual season. It, it's going to happen next year with whoever the next draft pick is. There's going to be a holdup with it. We're going to go through this, but the player is going to come in and get signed. The only it mattered a little bit last year with Darnold because he was a quarterback trying to come in and compete for the starting week one job. Where obviously, like you just said, Quentin Williams he could have missed a couple weeks and he would have at least been playing week one. So it, we're going to end up being back here next year. It's what the exact reasons why each side wants to take their heels in and refuse to get off this. I don't know, but. It, it, it's silly, seems silly from both sides. And usually, if that's the case, it's probably something about agents. And this isn't specific to Quinn, Quinn's agent because, you know, she's relatively new agent. She's coming in. She's got to get her, her win. And, but she's, the game is the game and she's got to play the rules by the, uh, that it's already set up for with everybody else. It was the agents that came before her that made it this way. So, if that's the case, because again, I'm not 100% sure, but usually when it doesn't seem to make sense and can't really seem to find a reason, it's usually because the agent wants a win for some type of reason. That could be the case, but this just seems so silly. You've got money that's guaranteed one way or the other. So as you and I were talking about before we started recording, is it really that big of a deal to either side, whether it all gets paid out now or whether a significant portion of it gets paid out now and some more of it gets deferred to the following year? As you said, I'm sure that in some ways both sides felt like they needed a win. I really don't know why, but I'm glad it's over with so we can talk about something else like the fact that there was a practice today. So, Chris, before we get to the rest of the details of the practice, why don't you talk to me about how you managed to capture on film the greatest handoff in the history of Jets training camp? <laughs> I'm sitting there. uh get up to the sidelines, I'm sitting there, and I was like, oh, look, they're doing handoff drills. And every year I come out there and I get these handoffs, I'm, I'm trying to get those out. It's great. And, you know, the, <laughs> the audience loves them. Everybody eats it up. But you get there, you get yourself situated, nice, clear view, see Darnold with a nice, clean handoff to Le'Veon Bell. Go ahead, record that, tweet it out, and just watch it fly, watch it take off. Watch the reaction, jokes that come with it. And every year I do it, and every year it's, it's hilarious to me. Um, you know, it's Hall of Fame stuff, Hall, Hall of Fame caliber handoff right there. And if you can't watch that and see the growth 
development of Sam Darnold, and I don't know what to tell you. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, this is your version of Dennis Wazak's yearly emoji scorecard. You're tweeting out the handoffs. And this year, it took on an extra life of its own simply because of who was giving the handoff and who was receiving it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's an excellent uh, observation by you. That is uh, my version of Dennis's uh, emoji game. And, yeah, it definitely had a little more oomph to it this year because I remember I took it last year with Darnold. And I, you know, I made a similar Hall of Fame uh, level handoff joke, but this time it was also about the running back getting the handoff just as much as it was about the quarterback giving the handoff. So yeah, that's a good observation, though. I like that. It is my version of the Dennis's emojis. Also, before we get to practice, let's touch on the fact that maybe we shouldn't have panicked about Brian Poole so quickly. Some news on that front. Yeah, he, uh, Gaze talked to us after practice. He said that basically that he, they gave him an extra day. They were going to, uh, he, they expect him to be out there today or tomorrow. And actually they activated him just a short little while ago. So he will definitely be out there tomorrow. Gaze wouldn't expand on that any further. He wouldn't say, you know, gave him an extra day for what? Uh, if you listened yet to uh, our show we recorded yesterday, I said that it seems like something probably came up in the conditioning test. Uh, whether I, you know, I thought maybe there was a pre-existing injury or he hurt himself. Um, so it seems like if you just want to read between the lines, that there's a good chance that he didn't pass the conditioning test and they gave him an extra day to do that. Uh, again, this is just pure speculation on my part. But he obviously passed it today. They've activated him, and uh, he's been moved to, to the eligible list, and he will be at practice tomorrow. So at least they, they'll have that there. All the other concerns and problems in the secondary, uh, you know, with the safeties and the, the corners, they're still there. But right now the guy they have penciled in to be the starting nickel corner will be at practice tomorrow uh, trying to solidify that role. 
Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Now let's get to practice, Chris. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw today. Well, we'll start with Sam. Sam looked pretty good. He uh, he missed high on a, on a, his first pass, a little high to Quincy. But then the rest of the day, he was really sharp, really clean practice, ran smooth uh, practice, no real problems getting plays in and out. There was a couple of snap issues. There was also some issues with the, uh, the center snapping the ball. Um, it wasn't Jonathan Harrison snapping, uh, having the problems there. But uh, he ran a really clean, smooth practice. And the big, the big thing with Sam though was he's got a new best friend here. Uh, we always, talk, you always hear about how it's the, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend or a strong running game. It's a slot receiver this time, Jamison Crowder. He, he Sam spread the ball around a bunch, but he kept coming back to Jamison Crowder. Crowder would go grab the ball, do a quick turn, and turn right upfield with the, and show up that speed. And you can see what a huge help he can be to Sam. A little bit of a safety valve type of thing there. And we've been talking about this all season with Adam Gase. The, the thing that he probably did best in Miami was his the way he used Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. And that's why I think uh, you know what he can do for Robbie Anderson will be a, a huge thing. And Gase loves his slot guys. Jamison Crowder is going to, as he can stay healthy, he's going to be used a lot in this offense. And that, another safety valve for, for Darnold. So that's a, that's a huge plus. That's a, something for fans to get excited about. Uh, one surprising thing is Blake Cashman was getting a lot of reps with the first team. Um, Avery Williamson was, was in there a lot too, but he would, he would start a lot of uh, drives and then he would come out for a little bit and they'd bring in Blake Cashman. Um, that was a little interesting uh, with Marcus Bay out, uh, Doug Milton and Rontez Miles were rotating, taking the, their turns, uh, playing safety alongside uh, Jamal, um, which is to be expected. Obviously, if they're in more of a coverage passing type of defense, then Doug Milton will be back there. And if they're doing more, they need an extra guy in the box uh, playing against the run. It would be more Rontez Miles. Avion looked good. He didn't do too much, but again, you see him. He he did have back to back carries, so it's not like they were just doing like they had mini camp where they would just take him out every play. But um, really, really quick, really fast and sharp, and he's he's just so damn smooth. Even when it's just watch him, he he caught a screen pass, just took it to the outside, bounced to the outside. Picked up 15, 20 yards, and, you know, nobody was really chasing after him super hard, first day of camp and all, but just watching how smooth he is, it was just an absolute joy to watch. Do you think it's possible that they were doing that with Cashman because Williams is planning on trying some exotic packages and maybe he's going to make use of Cashman in a way that we weren't previously expecting? Eh, possibly, but I'd, I'd say more likely what the case is. 
especially this early in camp, it's just getting him more work. Um, and, you know, we talked about this uh, during mini camps too, with a lot of the rookies not getting a lot of work. Uh, and, and Gase was very uh, purposeful about it. He wanted these players to know the playbook and to know everything in and out. He didn't want them to to rush the players into stuff so they were out there reacting and doing stuff that they didn't really know what they were supposed to be doing. So maybe that he's they're thinking, okay, now he's caught up on everything. Let's throw him out and give him a little more work. But I've seen, we've seen this a lot in the past too sometimes, especially with – Obviously, C.J. Mosley's new on the team, but we all know what C.J. Mosley is. We know what he's about. Um, so you can afford to – and, again, it was Avery that was coming off, not Mosley. Uh, but you can kind of – you don't have to worry about that so much. Sometimes you see them get throwing out the younger guys, they get the more unknowns into these situations. So you can just get a better feel for them, get them some more reps, get them some more work, and see how they come along and see what's there. Um, so I'd say it's probably more likely something along those, that type of scenario. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, exotics that they'd really be coming up with, with Blake Ashman, but there could be some wrinkles and some stuff like that for him. Absolutely. But I think it's probably mostly just getting him more work and them getting a better, more of a look at him. Really stunned to see that Sam Darnold was making a lot of use of Jamison Crowder's receiving skills. Yeah, you know, it, it's a shocker. Um, it, that's what, again, that's that's why they brought him in. That's why they signed him. We've talked about it since they signed him. What a perfect fit he is for this offense and for Gase and for Sam. And when you have Robbie on the outside, but Quincy on the other side, and then especially with Herndon out for the first four, four weeks, uh, Crowder, obviously, he's small, so he's not a tight end. But you can use sim, uh, slot receivers and tight ends in a very similar fashion, especially as a, a safety valve type of thing for him. So you can you can get open really easily in those short areas. And Sam can look and, you know, if Robbie's not open right away, Quincy's not open right away, then let me go ahead and dump it off to Crowder. And then it was the guy, the defender sitting there covering Crowder. But then he catches it and just takes one step, and he's out, just started past him. So it's a huge weapon that he can rely on. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, let's talk about who spoke to you afterwards. You had the opportunity to talk to Henry Anderson, Robbie Anderson. Apparently, anybody named Anderson was going to talk to you today. Christopher Herndon, and of course, Le'Veon Bell. Before we get to what they had to say, Le'Veon Bell rocking that Michael Jordan shirt in the locker room, huh? Uh, well, was he? I didn't notice that. I was I was standing to the side of him, so I didn't see... Uh... What what was on his shirt? But yeah, he uh, he had a bunch of good, uh, interesting things to say. He's a very entertaining, fun, entertaining guy. I like I like uh, talking to him. I like the presses with him. He's got a good sense of humor, and uh, he he 
he likes to take what the reporters say, kind of flip it around on them a little bit, make jokes out of it. Um, but yeah, he, he gave some good stuff. You know, there is uh, somebody asked him about if he was uh, thought he, if he was confident, he'd be able to regain his form from two years ago. And he just said, I expect to be better. Uh, he was asked about, um, playing, you know, what's going to happen in the preseason. Is he going to play in the preseason? It's all up to the coaching staff. If they want me to play, they want, then I'll play. If they want me to sit, then I'll sit. And he said the same thing with training camp where if they push him uh, too far or uh, if he's worried about like doing too much in training camp and maybe overextending himself and said that, you know, he's going to, every rep he takes, he's going to go all out and it's going to be up to the, the coaching staff to say, all right, come out for a play. Because if, if, he was supposed to take four reps. He's going to do those four reps as hard as possible. And if they don't take him out for the fifth rep, then he's going in for that fifth rep as hard as possible too. And then the big answer that everyone that will get the most traction is someone asked him, you know, if he'd be okay with getting 400 touches again, like he got last time. He said he'll take 500 touches if it gets him to the Super Bowl. And then he also said, said he'd settle for 19 touches if they win the Super Bowl. So that's, he's here to win. He's an extremely hard worker. He was in great shape. Uh, you know, I, I know there's still these little pockets and segments where people still, for some reason, thought he was going to come in out of weight, you know, out of shape. Um, I, I don't know if I, how anyone can see that, especially if you've watched any of his Instagram videos, you can very clearly see that, and, like the shape he's in. He's in phenomenal shape. So I don't know where these people are, have been that there's these pockets still exist, but he he looked really great, and he's here to win and compete, and he's motivated. You can tell how motivated he is. And he's got this chip on his shoulder, and he wants to show everybody that he's still Le'Veon Bell, and he's still just as good as he's ever been. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Moving on from Le'Veon Bell, Chris, what about the other three guys you talked to? Henry Anderson, Christopher Herndon, and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, well, Herndon talked, you know, most of his questions were about, not really about the DUI, but about, going forward from here there's a lot of questions about uh, if he's thought about how he's going to approach the, his time off how he's going to work himself into shape and conditioning keep himself there um so th- most of the questions revolved around that um you know he said he's going to work with the coaches and the training staff and come up with a plan they haven't really gotten that far mm-hmm. accepted full responsibility for uh, the DUI he said, you know, it was my mistake. I I made it, so I have to deal with the consequences. Um, so he accepted that. He obviously would like to not miss the four games, but it's going to happen. So uh, he he did the crime. He's ready to do the time is basically what he said. And uh, But he, him, he's going to work with the coaches, the training staff, to make sure that they come up with some type of plan. So, you know, he's not driving himself crazy in those first four weeks. Um, yeah, there's a little bit about uh, questions about uh, Trayvon Wesco, um, how they, how they, uh, complement each other. And he was very complimentary of what he's seen from him so far. 
He likes what Trayvon brings to the table. And he's also very excited about this offense and uh, the addition of Le'Veon Bell. So that was earned in. Uh, with Henry Anderson, Henry Anderson, most of the questions with him was about uh, Quinn and Williams. Started with, you know, do you think it's a big deal? He's not here. And Henry Anderson basically was like, no, it's not a big deal at all. And also, don't you dare sit here and try to get me to comment on another player's contract situation. But he's excited to be back uh, playing under Greg Williams' defense. He says he absolutely loves what he's seen from Quinn and Williams, though. And he's been really impressed with him, not just as a player, but as a person and how much of a hard worker he is, how much of a student of the game he is. He said he was light years ahead of where he was as a rookie where it comes to just knowing what to do and just a comfort level on the field. Um, He said he's been just absolutely blown away there. And then Robbie Anderson, uh, again, he Robbie, Robbie's really great in, in interviews. You get him one-on-one. He, he, he doesn't really like dealing with uh, the media scrums, but he's super excited for this season. Uh, he wants to just continue to get better, and he wants to – He's he was asked about the idea of being seen as a true number one, um, but he – and uh, – the funny thing is he was asked about that uh, sprinting contest that they had and about why he, you know, he dusted uh, Alvin Kamara and then he pulled out and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been, if I wanted to do that, I would have ran track. Being the fastest guy is not the most important thing to me. Is like, it was, you know, it was a million dollar prize at the end, but my focus is on, on getting a billion dollars is getting many millions of dollars, uh, obviously in reference to the next contract that he's trying to get because this is a contract year for him. So he wants to put together the best year possible for himself and for this team. And he he really wants to help this offense and become a full, uh, you know, more of a complete receiver. He's really excited for, I don't know, he's just talked glowingly about him and about how he wants to, use him in many different ways to get the most out of him. And he's, he, like Gase said today, he's like, we all know he can run a go route. We've seen it. That's that's simple. That's easy. And Gase thinks he can do a lot more. And I agree with Gase. And Gase is going to make a concerted effort to, to show everybody that he can do a lot more. And Robbie's really excited about that. Looking forward to the opportunity of proving that to everybody. I have to address this because, Chris, it came to my attention that it was once again brought up by one of the reporters asking questions about Quinn and Williams' lack of strength, or supposed lack of strength, I should say. And this was brought up during the question and answer session with Henry Anderson. I don't know where this person is getting it from, but this is the second time he's done this. I would like him to cite his sources, and this has nothing to do with Quinn and Williams specifically. This is just a general annoyance of mine. When you state something as a reporter like it's a consensus, when it absolutely isn't, because if you look at the actual draft consensus or watch the tape yourself, you'll see that it's a ridiculous comment to make. Chris, am I crazy or is this just bizarre? If you're going against consensus and pretending like it is consensus, shouldn't you at least cite who it is that's claiming these things? I don't understand it. I have yet to hear one person besides this particular person who's asking the questions in the Jets press room mention Quinn and Williams' supposed lack of strength. 
Yeah, you know, Steph Curry is a really solid basketball player, but he really lacks a three-point shooting ability. <laughs> that, that's basically what I hear when I hear this, because when I turned on the tape and watched Quinn and Williams, I just, I just saw him ragdolling people. And obviously it's going to be a little different at the NFL level. He played in the SEC, so it's the highest level of competition in there. But it's still different than the NFL. Um, but you see him just ragdolling people. And yes, you see his speed and quickness as well. But that's the part that jumped out at me the most. So that's why I make the Steph Curry comparison there, like watching him and being like, well, if he could only develop a three-point ability. Like, that, I I don't understand it. You And, you know, you always, I'm always willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt on one, a one-off situation. Maybe you even just misspoke. Maybe you meant to say something else. But you come back the second time, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, this probably isn't even your opinion. You just heard it from somebody else. Or, I don't know, maybe uh, there was just one game that he watched and he didn't see. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. It's baffling me, though. And that's why I went so over the top with the Steph Curry comparison. Because when I throw on that tape, I see power. And I don't see how anybody could watch tape of him and not see power as well. And, yeah, I, I understand the pet peeve because, believe me, it's a pet peeve of mine as well. I hear it and see it all the time with uh, other media people. And, you know, they it happens in media the same as it happens with fans sometimes. They hear something one time and that sticks with them forever. Whether it's true or not, they might not even look into whether it's true. They just say, okay, well, I heard this, so this is what it is now. And then they just run with it. But it, this is a mistake to just keep running with that now because he is he is quite a powerful guy. The thing I don't understand is, again, if it was a consensus and a false consensus, which we've seen happen plenty of times, and Joe Blewett yep. has exposed stuff like this on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV, on TOJ Film Room, where people will say, this guy's good at something or this guy's bad at something, and it's just because a couple of people who are trusted say something and then everybody else just runs with it. If that was the case here, I would say, okay, it's just lazy reporting because he hasn't bothered to look at the film himself but when you're talking about him saying something that i've literally heard nobody else say i'm just confused yeah i'm just as confused as you are i i heard the question and uh i i kind of i don't remember exactly what uh henry anderson's answer was to it but it pro- partially because i was just so busy laughing in my head that i couldn't hear henry anderson a- answer to it uh but yeah, it's it's just a, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know where you can possibly reach that conclusion. But there's there's a lot of things in this world that don't make sense to me, and I I rack my brain trying to figure it out, and it just makes my brain hurt. I'm not going to bother trying to figure this one out. I I don't need that that extra headache because I know I'm not going to get to a satisfactory answer on this. 
Chris, this is why I'm glad that I have you on to do these training camp reports because you would never do lazy reporting like that or ask ridiculous questions. And that's why I'm looking forward to doing another round of training camp reports with you throughout the next couple of days. I don't think there's a break in the action until Tuesday of next week. So we've got a couple days in a row of training camp. And then, of course, we'll have that day off and continue to resume. But we're going to be doing this all throughout training camp. You'll be asking great questions. We'll be getting great answers. And, of course, you'll be relaying to us what you're seeing on the field. So if anybody would like to see more about this, you've got stuff posted up at Jetson insider.com why don't you go ahead and let them know what they can expect to read over there yeah you can uh look at jetsinsider.com and follow me on twitter at cnimly at jetsinsider and uh i got today just a, a, a three observations from practice up there a quick little thing on quinny quinnon williams uh on on his him signing the contract um, every day I, I do three observations article from practice to, you know, the three main observations. Sometimes I'll throw a bonus one in there too. So you'll get those from me every day. And then, uh, I'm going to start talking to players one-on-one and get some more stories, uh, some more in-depth, some feature type stuff there. I know I talked about, how I plan on trying to talk to Le'Veon Bell about his music at some point, trying to talk about to Brian Winters about, uh, the fact that he has a new offensive line coach every single year and about what type of problems that can cause. So I have a bunch of stuff planned like that coming up. Uh, I will be doing, taking my time, got to get those one-on-one interviews, though. I, I stayed away from the one-on-one interviews today because Le'Veon was talking in the group, and I needed to make sure that sometimes they bring us over to the group, and then they come to get you for the one-on-one, and then you end up missing group and I wasn't going to miss the Levy on Bell one so I, I held off of those for today so I'll be gathering a bunch of those in the next couple of days though um, the one the other thing to add though uh, the first padded practice will be on Saturday so uh, Gay said that that's when that'll be so that's when you know it'll get kicked up the intensity will get kicked up a little bit more and that'll be a, a lot more fun to cover and, and see how that turns out Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at Jets Insider and at C Nimbly. Read his very big deal work along with his deputy editor, Alan Schechter, over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets.com.